Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness and your grace to us, your blessings in our lives, the testimonies that were shared here tonight, Lord, just the fact that we're able to see you working, bringing people in and allowing opportunities to present the gospel. We thank and praise you for your love and your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Brother Mist, at this time and the rest of us, let us turn to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. And I hope that uh, this will be uh, a blessing to you as it was to me. Um, how many were here Thursday night for our Bible study in the book of Revelation? Okay, as, as I was looking through, we've been not doing a real strong series, in, in, but for the most part, the last several uh, weeks, uh, we've been just going through Psalms on Sunday night. And uh, as we're reading, you should be reading through your Psalms in your daily Bible reading schedule. And uh, as we are trying to pick certain ones out just to emphasize and spend a little extra time with. And Psalm 46 just arrested my attention. I tried to check a few commentaries to see if I could find anybody who was thinking the way I was along with this psalm and, and uh, really could not. But as we study the Bible, one of the ways that you know that you're in agreement with the scriptures is you do not violate other scriptures. Scripture has to agree with scripture. And uh, this strange little psalm, and I, and I say strange because it just, as you read through it, unless you start making connections in other passages of the Bible, it, it may just seem a little different to you. And let's just read through Psalm 46, right from the beginning, only 11 verses. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear... Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams thereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her and that right early. The heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob uh, is our refuge, Selah. Now we read this and we say, yes, I want God to be my help in a time of trouble. And God is our, our refuge. But... Uh, how many of you can see the uh, 
well, I guess the uh, proper terminology be would be the, the eschatological uh, implications of this psalm as it speaks about the end times and all of the things that are happening in the book of Revelation and are forecast or prophesied to happen yet. It says, we will not fear though the earth be removed. How many earthquakes are in the book of tribulation, uh, in the book of Revelation? Uh, there are two major earthquakes. One, every island and every sea is removed. Another one, every mountain is moved out of its place. Uh, it talks about the mountains being carried into the midst of the sea, the waters thereof roar and be troubled, the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. I believe that that's talking about what's going to happen in the end times because we get to chapter four, verse 4 here. It says, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. And so I want us to work our way through this psalm and again the way that the Hebrew poetry works is you've got to look for the ideas that are there. And so three times in this psalm is repeated, God is our refuge. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Look at verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. And then the last verse, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And again, the word Selah. Now, that little word Selah is used many times in the Psalms. And the best that I can give you, nobody really knows what it means. It's, it's not like you can look up that word in a dictionary and it, it's there, it, it's just a, a notation that is put there. Really just kind of means I want you to stop and think about it. I want you to take a little break right here. Uh, it's kind of like you have to remember that the Psalms were songs. And this word selah is somewhat of a musical notation more than it is anything else. And it means we need to stop and just think about this. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. God is working in our lives right now. Amen. God is helping. He is a very present help. Now, you cannot see God. And if you begin to see things that you think is God, then you've got some other problems. Come and see me. Uh, God is not meant for us just to understand what we see with our eyes. But how many of you felt his presence? How many of you know he's there because of what he does? And it's oftentimes in the times of suffering and great distress where we can actually more feel the presence of God. Here is the result of that presence of God being our refuge. And the idea of a refuge is a place you can hide. 
It's a, it's a safe haven. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, because God is our refuge, because He is our strength, because He is very present, because He is helping us right now, therefore, will not we fear. Our King James translators have tried to put that as poetical and as beautifully as they could in the English language. And uh, I, I enjoy reading uh, uh, the labor and the translation that they have given us. But it's, I'm not going to be afraid. I'll tell you, there's an awful lot to be afraid of in this world today, is there not? You should be praying about what's going to happen in Iran. It is terrifying. This past week, they have promised to double their efforts at purification of uranium. And somebody was telling me the other day that they've just made public an agreement with North Korea, who is the greatest um I'm not even going to say the word tonight. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe I need more coffee here. But uh, North Korea has given more atomic secrets to more people and have made more nations with the bomb than any other country in the history of this world. And uh, it's, it's a fearful world in which we live. We have a hurricane threaten the Gulf Coast, and the price of gasoline goes up 40 to 60 cents, depending on where you live in our area right here. People do these things because of fear. Stock market, up, down. It's mostly fear-driven. We are afraid of what goes on in our, in our neighborhoods. I mean, we've got... Every day you turn on the radio, some other crazy person shoots more people. I mean, just stop and think about these things. The Bible says that if God is our refuge, we do not need to fear these things. And here's the extent with which we can trust God. He says, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, everything that we know is destroyed. Guess what? I can still have refuge in God. Amen. It says, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. And if you like the the uh, typology, the picturesque language that is used uh, throughout your Bible, the waters, the beast rises up out of the sea. The waters often talk and refer to the peoples of the earth and the heathen rage and all of these different references. It tells us, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, we do not need to fear. 
How many times did Jesus tell the disciples, fear not? We need to remember that we do not need to be afraid. One of the greatest tactics the world likes to use is fear. Why do we not have more scientists that are honest about what evolution is? Fear. They'll lose their job. They'll lose their reputation. Anytime you say something against abortion, what happens? They've come out here and screamed for this representative in Missouri to be fired, to to step out of the race, to not be elected. Nobody wants to comment on the fact that the simple truth is abortion is the preferred method of birth control among certain people groups in our nation today. No one will address that fact. In fact, rather, they will try to embarrass this man and make him afraid of standing up and holding his head up, uh, afraid of standing for an election. You need to pray for this guy. He ought to be elected. I'll tell you, we live in a world that is driven by fear. We have no need to be afraid. Because even though all of these things in the book of Revelation are going to happen, the earth is going to be removed. The mountains are going to be cast in the sea. The Bible tells us that when his foot stands upon the Mount of Olives, that he's going to reshape the entire geography of the land of Israel. It's going to be lifted up as a plain. And all the world is going to seek to the God of Jerusalem. God is our refuge, even during his judgments. We need to be hiding in the Lord and stop being afraid of the world in which we live. Amen? But I'm glad that God is not only going to judge. It says here, there is a river. The streams thereof shall make glad the city of God. Now, of course, the city of Jerusalem has several small streams and springs that come down into the city and supply it with water. But if you'll turn with me to Zechariah chapter 14 just for a moment and... In verse 8, it says, And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the higher sea. In the summer, in summer and in winter shall it be. Turn back to the book of Ezekiel and chapter 47, as he's talking about this temple that shall be built and God would be worshipped in it. In verse 8, it says, Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert. 
and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that every living, everything that liveth, which moveth whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come hither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live, whether the river cometh. Does that sound like it's going to, those waters are going to make glad the city of God? The Dead Sea is still one of the most desolate places on the face of the earth. God's going to heal that land and make it full of life. It says, the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. How many of you remember uh, Revelation chapter 21? It tells us that there's no temple in the New Jerusalem for God and the Lamb are the temple thereof. That's the only city of God I know of that God has promised to live in is the New Jerusalem. That's where the streets of gold are. That's where the gates of pearl. The greatest part of that city is the fact that we will be able to see God and dwell with Him and He with us. The strife of the kingdoms is over. The war is done. It says... God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. That's what's going to happen at the battle of Armageddon. Read further in the book of Zechariah. It tells us that their eyes and their tongues are going to literally melt away. At the spoken word of the Lord of hosts as he returns and destroys the army, armies of the world. He is our refuge because he will heal this world and make it a beautiful place. The lion will lie down beside the lamb and all of the wonderful things that we hear of in the Bible will be fulfilled. Come. Behold the works of the Lord, verse 8. What desolations he hath made in the earth. Now we may look at that and we say, but, but desolations aren't, aren't necessarily a good thing. But it is God's work that is being done. I love my country, but I love this book more. And I want to see God's word fulfilled. And he's going to show us how he's brought down the pride of the proud. He is the one that's going to shame those that think they have all the answers. He maketh wars cease until the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. How many of you remember our reading of Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, the war of Gog and Magog? They're going to be seven years burning the weapons that were used in that battle. 
Isaiah chapter 2 tells us that we're go- they're going to take the spears and they're going to beat them into pruning hooks and the sl- swords into plowshares because we're not going to learn war anymore. I love the promises that are in this song. He is our refuge. He's going to stop all of these things. Verse 10. This is a good thing to practice. I I wish that I did this more. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes you just need to stop. Turn off all of the distractions. Don't just turn off the ringer. Put your phone in airplane mode so nobody can get a hold of you. And think about God. That's what the psalmist is encouraging us to do. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. By the way, is he not already exalted in the lives of them who believe in him? The world loves to make fun of us for believing in the Bible, does it not? It loves to ridicule and put us in fear and... How can you stand and call yourself a reasonable human being and believe the Bible? How can you call yourself a reasonable human being and deny it? What good is in this world is because of this book called the Bible. What freedom mankind has experienced is because of this Bible. But you know what? Albert Einstein's going to bow the knee. He is God. Oh, I can't remember that guy. Hawkins is his name, I think, in England? No. Huh? Dawkins, that's it. Uh, The great God-hater. He's going to bow his knee. Karl Marx is going to bow the knee. In fact, if you don't bow the knee now, you will bow the knee in that day. That's what this psalm is talking about. That's why the Lord is our refuge. We need not go out, as some have said, and try to argue the world to a right position. It doesn't work. They're not going to believe it. You cannot debate someone toward the truth. Because truth must be accepted by faith. Does that make someone who believes the truth ignorant? No. Faith is always based upon facts. But if someone has already chosen to refuse the truth of God's word, I don't care how good a debater you are, you're not going to change their mind. Remember the story they told of one of the evolutionists. They took him to the footprints in Texas where there are very human, verifiable footprints. Modern human man. The only thing that is different is the footprints are about this long. I mean, that was one big dude, let me tell you. 
but they're real footprints fossilized in stone. And you know what those footprints were chasing? A dinosaur. They have the dinosaur's footprints and the human footprints right there together. And they brought one of those evolutionists out there and said, what do you do with this? And he looked, he says, I don't believe it, and walked away. God will be exalted, but he'll do his own exalting. Amen? The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now, the idea here is, as long as the people are God, are worshiping God, his presence was with Israel, was it not? And the application for you and I is, number one, we don't need to be afraid. God is going to work all of these marvelous works. The prophecies will come true. This entire earth is going to be reshaped so that you won't be able to even recognize it. But don't be afraid. Hide in the Lord. His judgments are coming. But so is the river of life. So is the new Jerusalem. So is the time when all war will cease. God is still our refuge because we will still hide in him. We're not there yet. The end has yet to come. So what do we do? We worship him because he is our refuge. Don't put yourself in a position to defend God. Let God defend you. And we will not be afraid. And we will walk in his ways. Just a simple little song. I hope that we've not gone too far afield tonight, but I believe that these are the very issues that this psalm is referencing. Could David or the writer of this psalm have known all of these things? No. But how many prophets wrote of things that they knew not. We read this and we understand in the light of the rest of the scripture. Where do we need to be? Walking with the Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. We thank you for this little psalm. And we ask that we would look beyond just the simple admonitions that are here to the things that are referenced in this wonderful little song. And Lord, let us think of that river of life and the joy that it will bring and the life that it will bring to an area that has had no life since it was destroyed by your judgments. Lord, as we look at this fearful world in which we live, let us hide ourselves in you and not be afraid. Let our strength not be ours, but be yours. And Lord, we pray for your help in the time of trouble in which we live. Lord, we're thankful that we can look beyond the scope of what we understand and of our lives 
and know that you will work all of these things to bring glory and honor to your name. These men that exalt themselves shall one day bow the knee. Lord, let us bow it willingly today and every day till you come for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's take just a moment as we always do. And-